This is part four of an interview that I, Richard Lang, conducted with Douglas Harding in 1987. Yes, humanness uh, is only partially achieved, I suggest, uh, when it's achieved at the cost of this illusion that I am what I look like. But humanness is uh, fully achieved, true human humanness is fully is achieved when I uh, recognize the difference between my appearance, my functioning out there at a distance peripherally as a human being from uh, the source here which is not human at all. And then it seems to me that uh, the human is truly human. I suppose this in a way is what is uh, the New Testament and Christianity is talking about really. The ideal man, I mean represented by Jesus Christ, I mean who clearly I think saw, saw the, uh, that he was one with the Father and were perfectly uh, aware too that he was uh, uh, the carpenter's son of Nazareth. And uh, he was a real human being. Why? Because he, he got both poles of his uh, uh, being sorted out. How does this fit in with ideas of having a mind centrally, having an unconscious, a subconscious, a whole lot of processes going on under the surface? Or all that psychological stuff. Yeah. Well, I, you see, I, I don't think we're in the, at least you and I, I feel sure, not in the market for denying anything that's well established, and for which there's evidence. Uh, and I know psychology and psychiatry and so on, uh, all that stuff hasn't got quite the uh, scientific status that. Uh, physical science has, but nevertheless, there are lots and lots of evidence uh, of a kind for the general findings of psychology and so on. I mean, the mind is uh, is, is not, not all of imagination. I mean, a lot of it is, uh, it's a very complex field of study and uh, a lot is known about it and uh, needs to be known about it, I think. Well, uh, what is this business? What is is my mind? It's interesting that uh, so many of the seers and sages of the world have said, or the great ones have said, no, never mind about the mind, never mind the mind. the trouble with your mind is you think you've got one, that kind of thing. That's the kind of thing that Ramana said. And at a certain level, I think that's absolutely true. But there is a level at which the mind is perfectly real. Um, well, real, I don't know whether perfectly is the right word, but it's got a certain reality. And uh, well, uh, let's look at that. What do I mean by Douglas's mind? Well, really what I think uh, I mean by Douglas's mind, if I really get down to it, it's not other than my universe. It's really 
it, it, my mind is uh, my universe the, is abstraction, a, a very complicated abstraction from the universe as I find it. In other words, it's uh, the feelings which uh, which uh, I find uh, attached to the objects of the world. It's the thoughts I find that attach to the objects in the world. I'm looking at trees now. Now I've got feelings about those trees. I like those trees. I've got thoughts about those trees. I name them. Um, I've uh, uh, as I perceive them as uh, as beautiful. Uh, sometimes as uh, perhaps threatening. We you know they were going to fall down and hurt people. I don't know. I mean, in other words, the world as I find it is replete with feelings and thoughts which I can collect, abstract from the scene and put in a box here. And so they had nothing really, they didn't adhere to the object, but they adhered to me, the subject. Put it in a box here and call it a mind. Well, I, I, I don't find that helpful. I, I, I like the primitive, I think. And I would say, perhaps like Ramana and company, uh, why I can't find a mind of my own here in a box. I don't. I can't find that at all. That's absolutely factual. And uh, but what I do find is that my universe is replete with uh, elements which I can collect together uh, and label mine. But that's not a not a helpful thing or sensible thing or a practical thing to do. I find it far more practical to uh, let my feelings and my thoughts belong where they do belong, which is uh, uh, with, along with the object. And uh, in, in practical terms, just to, just to illustrate this, just, just to, to make, make clear what I mean, and I'm sure you mean to, um, that uh, by feelings, say about you, I can, uh, or about any other friend, or even enemy or whatever, uh, my feelings about you, my thoughts about you, belong to Richard. They, they don't characterize me here. The, Richard has served up to me uh, with color, uh, with motion, with uh, shape, form and with, uh, with a feeling of uh, love or whatever, that's the way Richard comes to me. And I'm not going to take that, uh, that affection I have for you away from you and put it in a, in a box here, because it is, it's, it's artificial. I can, a, I can't do it, and insofar as I can do it, it's sentimentality. It's, it's getting something out of it for myself. It's making a personal, private possession. And so it seems to me that the mind is, uh, when it's abstracted from the universe, is uh, damaging nonsense and gets me into every sort of trouble. And it's unreal and uh, worrying, everything to be said against it. But when it, it's allowed to settle again on its objects, uh, then uh, it is rectified. And it, it, it gains very much in the process of being sent back to where it belongs. And when I took the world, and took my feelings from the world, 
my thoughts from the world. I put them in an imaginary mind box here. They suffered on the on route. And it seems to me when I send them back, they, they get rectified quite a lot. So you're seeing that the source of your thoughts and feelings is free of those thoughts and feelings? Free of them, yeah. Yes. Yes. That what I find here is free of thoughts and feelings. Exactly so. Exactly so. That I find that the source and the essence here is, is absolutely real. Absolutely real. Very, very vividly so. And it's, 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 there are no thoughts about it and there are no feelings about it. So, so the, 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 that's very interesting, isn't it? That this is totally devoid of thoughts and feelings, but perfectly real. And, and that, that is the source of the world is free of thoughts and feelings. But the world is full of thoughts and feelings. And the contrast there is total. So this kind of attention, seeing, or even meditation, if you want to use that word, is not a matter of wiping out thoughts and feelings from the no. center. It's, it's, it's putting them where they belong. Nor is it a matter of, uh, you know, projecting them onto others. I mean, you know, the, uh, the psychologists make great play, don't they, of how bad it is, this idea of how bad it is uh, to uh, project onto other people your problems. In fact, if I have a if I have a uh, fault, I mean, say I'm, I'm uh, a greedy person, well, I go around finding other people greedy. I mean, you can always tell a greedy person because he's, he's going around finding other people greedy. He's projecting his greed onto them. And we do have this mechanism, don't we, of uh, uh, finding our own faults in, in other people that way instead of taking responsibility for them. Now, that's not what I'm talking about. I think that uh, when that, that's, a, that's a very choosy, a piecemeal bit of projection, and that it won't do. I'm talking about a total projection of the whole. And now that is safe. The, the piecemeal little, little projections here and there to suit my uh, book and suit my convenience. I project my greed onto you and say, greed. Greedy old Richard, he's eating too much, always going and stealing things from the larder and so on. And he nibbles at things between meals, and you know, and he's a greedy old Richard. I'm just talking about Douglas when I do that. Of course I am. And uh, I recognize that. No, that won't do. But I'm talking about a global projection, which uh, doesn't, uh, uh, it's not like that at all. And it's taking responsibility. It's not projecting things and saying, washing your hands on them and saying, greedy old Richard, nothing to do with me. It's saying the world is my is mine and these qualities of feeling and thought which I project onto the world uh, are mine because the world is mine. It all comes from here. So it's not that, it's not that uh, bad piecemeal uh, projection or rejection of one's uh, pushing out one's uh, problems onto one's thoughts and feelings onto the world and not taking responsibility for them. It's quite different. What about that piecemeal projection and those knots and twists that we find in our characters or wherever you like to find them? What about sorting those out of going through them, looking into them? You mean them? one's own? Yeah. One's own uh, weaknesses? Yeah. 
think there's a place for therapy in a sense for trying to sort them out, improve oneself or, or clear oneself of them in some way. I think there is, but the question how do you do it? And I think there are only two, there's only one way I can do it, uh, and that is to become aware, really to become aware of, of, of one's weaknesses very sharply from the place where there's no weakness from the origin. And, and uh, any, any idea that by kind of gritting my teeth and uh, somehow determining to by willpower or this discipline or that discipline to change myself and improve myself and become rather angelic, you know, a saint or a really good person or even a nice person. Yeah, not necessarily becoming joyful. I don't think it'll do. I, I think the, the, the great thing is to be alive, alive to these uh, uh, weaknesses, defects, twists, screwed up regions of one's personality, to be alive to them, be perfectly aware of them from who one is, and to to admit them to oneself. And um, I think any, I think that will do the trick. I think it will do the trick to, to, to look at them and in a way accept them. I say, well, look at old Douglas. Funny old thing he is, and uh, from who I am, and uh, be aware of it. And, mm, in a way, in a way, not fuss about improving him. And strangely enough, the improvement will come as a byproduct of acceptance of of of, of his kind of very very. Amusing, uh, deplorable humanness. I suppose it's not overlooking the center. Not if one is overlooking it, one is in a sense assuming there's something in the center, and that assumption or even lie is bound to upset everything in the end. Mm. So you're seeing through the lie, whatever else is happening. Yes, you see the trouble with uh, the trouble with trying to reform Douglas is why am I trying to reform Douglas? What's the point? I, I suppose the only point that could be at all worthy would be to give people a less difficult time around me, but I'm not sure that I can do that. I think the uh, motive for trying to improve Douglas is to try and give him some some of you know to try and. Uh, voiced onto him the perfection of the, who I am really here and and kind of get him to share in this perfection. Is that impossible? It's impossible. I, I, I think my motive for, for polishing out Douglas is very dubious indeed. I think the uh, only safe thing is to be really aware be humiliated by you'll be prepared to be humiliated by what you find there when you say that you see no body here no 
universe and that body. And yet you experienced a body in a sense, or having a body or having physical sensations. Does that change your experience of the sensations of, of being somebody in that sense? Well, I mean, there is a body. There is a body, but, but, but how is it served up? I mean, it's not a case of denying anything, is it? It's a case of just attending. The whole thing that we're on about is just looking to see. It's just attention, attention, attention is all it is. And so one isn't trying to achieve anything. One's just trying, or succeeding, I hope, in being awake. And how do I... I mean, there is a body. Well, how do I experience this body? What do I mean by body? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm looking at these legs now, and these hands, and that's, that's bodily. And it's around a lot, you know, certainly. And uh, secondly, there is uh, associated with this stuff here uh, a lot of sensations. And I think if I really look at the way I have my body, which is not to be inside it, but for it to be in me as, for, as a kind of something that's always coming into my space, and. Um, manifesting either visually or sensationally and through the sensational that to be aware of the way it actually is presented instead of the way I've been told it was presented by my being shut up in it. To, to have my body the way I have my body is really to have it in a healthy and uh, um, enjoyable And to sum it all up, I don't know a better way than saying that I'm not in it, it's in me. And what is it? It is this, it is this uh, assemblage of clues of one kind or another, or, or evidences of uh, something physical. And what are those evidences there? sensations of heat and uh, tension and pain and pleasure uh, or, uh, 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 vision yeah, and, and, and so forth. All that added together I call my body. But right where I am, well what I am is capacity for all that. I am as free of my body, Douglas's body, as I am of, of that recording machine. So instead of sensing, one is contracted down into a small thing in the world, small ones experiences of oneself as being big and at large and filling the world in a sense. Sure, absolutely. Unbounded. I mean, if one insists on having a body, I mean, even looked at from the, from the point of view of a function, um, of what will work, what is complete. This, this thing that I was uh, 
had identified with under social pressure and I told I was it, is just not viable. I mean, it's, it's not all there, it's just a fragment of something. Uh, it's uh, totally dependent on uh, air and water and earth and light and sun, sunshine and sun, uh, the universe itself. And so the only real body I have, if I'm going to be realistic in functional terms, is the universe, none other than the universe. That is my body. In a certain sense, I can't divide my sensations off from the world. Normally yeah. I say my sensations yeah. are here and the world is there, and my sensations That's are right. in a small body. Right. But one expands and is the yeah. world in essence yes. too. Yes. Yes, one's sensations are global. And it's particularly if one shuts one's eyes, one uh, can find no boundaries at all. And I mean, if we, with, uh, even with eyes open, um, there's no way of separating oneself from the world. It's a marvelous difference to sense oneself as big as the rooms. It's relaxing. It's an envelope around. It's like being living your life inside a plastic bag. You know, you shut up in a sealed plastic bag at that, isn't it? To imagine yourself small. Yes, uh, that's right. Uh, uh, hermetically sealed, and you're there and uh, moving around, and along with a lot of other plastic bags, in in, in this uh, supermarket of a universe. Well, I mean, what the what's the change in that? Miserable situation. It's just not like that, is it? And the whole thing really boils down to the simple proposition. I like coming back to simplicities, you know. And uh, if the human, the human invention, the human device, which is a thundering great, thumping great lie, is this pretense I am what I look like. I am here, why do I do that? Which makes absolutely no sense. I mean, how could I be at naught inches here what I look like at a hundred inches? It's absurd. What a thing is perceived to be is a function of the range of the observer. Well, I'm all, I come all the way out to myself and I lose myself when I find the universe. And the only way I can get Douglas here is to in imagination, be eccentric, live out there five feet away, or a meter or so away, gazing in here to poor old Douglas, central in, in my life. It's nonsense, total nonsense. And of course we don't do it, and we can't do it. But that is a human invention. Now, let's, let's, uh, that's a human fiction. Well, it's, it's possible to, to be human and uh, disabuse yourself of that idea. And then you become truly human, I would say, more human, out there, not here. With, with this scene, extraordinary powers come on its way, don't they? Oh, which of what I would say. It's <laughs> a naughty thing to say, isn't it? But I'm not talking about powers. The, the Tell me about them. Well, I'm not kind of, I'm not talking about the kind of powers that uh, Ah, 
advertised in the normal way. Maybe I'm talking about the same kind of powers, but they are available, so simply available in ways that we dismiss even. Oh, I see what you mean. If we are just attending, we find we have incredible yeah. powers, which, which, which uh, uh, yes, are really magical. Now, for instance, I mean, now look, I'm, I'm just, I'm moving those trees around. I am. I really am. That's the, 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 the many tons are being moved around there. I'm doing it. Well, when you say to come on, Douglas, all you're doing is to sway on your chair. I say, that's your problem. There's no swaying here. It's just the trees. And the trees are dancing about them. Someone from outside. That's magic, isn't it? Yeah, sees you just as moving the tree stays on the. Well, this. When you travel in in your car, moving the hell. The whole country, billions of tons are on the move. And what's more, I, 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 can, I can stop them, stop, stop I'm going to start them up and stop them. There are in, there's unlimited numbers, aren't there? But there are. Distance folds, one can move. Well, I, I, I can abolish, I, now I promise you, I've abolished the trees and Richard, and it's all gone. It's all gone. I make you reappear. Mm. Well, I mean, I take that seriously. Mm. I think God is extremely naive. You know. The great thing is to be as simple as God. And just see what's given. You know. See what's given. And this is the marvelous thing. If we would relax into what is obvious, we should find all we need. And uh, it's it's kind, kind, kind of world. Uh, Hides nothing essential. The more essential the thing is, the more given it is. We could be measured the other way around. The more essential it is, the more obscure we've got to ferret it out in million ways. But what is really important, really important. When one listens here, which is the same as looking here in a sense, one hears the silence in which all sounds are given. And I can hear my voice and I can hear your voice. My voice sounds different to me from how your voice sounds, and it is a louder, different quality in tone and so on. But as I listen to the silence, I am aware that both voices are no distance from me in a sense. Both mine. Mm. Yeah, and uh, in a way, one experiences, one seems to experience control over one voice and not the other. But if one really attends very carefully, it's very hard to find a difference. And I, in a workshop, for instance, when the noises seem to be coming out of, appear to be coming out of this one, this Douglas thing, and then uh, out of Richard's or Anne's or something. Gosh, I, I don't feel that uh, 
one place is my voice and others do something that one insists. One takes, uh, one becomes the source of all. Yeah. Along with identifying a body here, I've, I've taken hold of one voice, haven't I? And when I see that there's nothing here, that yeah. all voices, all even voices the birds sound on my... Like all faces are yours. set up mm. and what is so beautiful Richard I think so beautiful and we've really come home to me in the recent years so much is that uh, what one needs is simplicity and uh, humility in front of what is given obvious thing is the more, or shall I say, the more fundamental uh, thing is, the more central it is, the more we need it, the more vital it is to get out of to appreciate, the more obvious it is. Possessions owning things. When one sees this, one sees that one is all things. And not depending on how much I have in my bank balance, but just seeing that although here I'm totally poor, yet being mm -hmm. so empty, I actually have and am everything. Well, what is ownership? I mean, things can't own things, can they? Things are just uh, knock up against one another, they touch one another, bump into one another. The thing just owns itself, is that. That uh, things as poor little things, poor wretched little things, but to know thing, which is awareness. I mean, this is real ownership. To own something truly is to be it, and that is to to get out of its way and become it. Let it be fill you, and that's ownership. I I I own something when I'm filled with it, and I'm filled with it because there's nothing in its way. That's real ownership, isn't it? Real ownership. And the world is yours, that way. We, we resist letting go of this little person and everything this person owns and knows, but when we let go into being nothing, then it's such a transformation into a grandeur that is unbelievable, isn't it? Mm. Just owning everything, being everything, willing everything. And only through having nothing. And, and I think one is very cagey about talking about results, but I, I think you, you and I know that this does make a difference. I mean... It's a profound... I can't, I, you know, I really can't think of anything I want, Richard. I can't think of anything I want other than what I've got. I mean, if, if I can think of anything I want, it's something like a, uh, I don't know, what, what would it be uh, um, at this time, I'd probably have been nice to have a pot of flowers there, but, but my gosh, I mean, this is just a passing thought. What does one want? 
do you crave anything that you have not? I think it does it does put pay to acquisitiveness and greed in a remarkable way. Surely this must be the most profound change, if change it is, that one can go through, from moving from just having a, a, just this little thing and not everything else, to being the source of everything, to having everything, owning everything, being everything. It's and there couldn't be a greater change. It's all of a revolution. Totally. Bula Vesemore. Gosh. Yes. Everything is upside down from the way, we, the way I've been told it was. Everything is uh, the opposite, contrary of uh, social formula. It is by society's standards, one cannot be everything, one cannot own everything. From the outside, I'm just a small person. And it takes small to the point of minute. Yeah. Minute in space, in time, in, in, the, in the content. So I have to really go by the evidence of my senses and accept that as, as true, like let it seep in almost, mm -hmm. I? because society is telling me something else and I've been brought up to believe something else. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, after all, what does one want in life? What, one wants something to do, one wants adventure in life. I mean, just looking at it from a ordinary common or garden point of view, um, what would, it, would we have in life? And I think this is a very nice formula designed for living is that one uh, has so many discoveries to make, so exciting, so interesting, so surprising, to find everything upside down. And there it is for this discovering and for sharing with one's friends. I mean, that's nice, that's a nice design. I, I think that's, I mean, can you think of a life which is uh, more valid, more interesting, more acceptable than this? With discoveries, I think we mentioned yesterday, discovery is such a great, great thing. We, I don't know whether we, we talked about it, did we, yesterday on this tape or not, but uh, I, I conceive that people who got a lot of, a lot of uh, mileage out of their lives and really enjoyed themselves uh, were people like Darwin and uh, Einstein and uh, Columbus. Columbus had a rough time in some ways, but may had a coffee. He had some thrills. I mean, think of what we've got here for discovering. Everything, everything is for discovering because everything is upside down. And I would say the thrill and joy of discovery is that we don't talk of this very much, but it's, it's important. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really a great creative thing, this, this, this kind of discovery. It's very creative. 
And, and, and what's more, Richard, I don't think we've begun to, I think we've only scratched the surface of these discoveries. I mean, we know Douglas packs up, I mean, gosh, you know, get him out of the way, and I think there'll be floods of discoveries coming along. And uh, perhaps rather limited now by Douglas's little list of the things, and uh, which people pay, perhaps pay too much attention to. And uh, you know, I think the, the the field is infinite, isn't it? Yeah. Does God get to the end of his self-discovery? No. You mean to say that you know, in a, in a few years and a, in a lifetime, in a in the, in the work of a few little group of friends, they've covered the whole ground. I think I think it goes on and on. Douglas, if you were to try and sum up what it's all about, just in a word or a sentence or so, how would you put it? Well, I think we did mention, didn't we, one word, which uh, is uh, certainly very well known. Uh, summing up the whole thing, the tension. That's the Buddhist uh, thing, and of course it's uh, what in all sexes, island, that's the thing. So it's very good, attention. Um, that's one way of summing up the whole thing. Um, another word I like, oh, a magical word, is awake, being awake. Awake and not in a coma. And it's about awakeness, isn't it? It's not about achievement, it's about being awake. It's a very, very good word. How do we wake? How do we stay awake? How do we come awake? Ah, that's a hard one. But it's certainly that's what it's about, being awake. Um, other words, other little slogans which help I think I think one one that helps me and helped me recently a lot is the, the, that Zen saying said by a number of people in different ways. Um, only make for the centre and the rest need not trouble you. The peripheral look after itself I look after the centre. Another way is another word which uh, another portmanteau word that holds so much is uh, identity. There's only one problem and that is the problem of identity. All the rest of life's problems are subsidiary to that. If I get my identity straight, all comes straight. If I get my identity wrong, all this lumped uh, up. Identity. I know who am I is uh, a cliche and I try and avoid that because it's got psychological uses, that word, hasn't it? Therefore, I'm talking about identity. What is my identity? And, and it's a, it's a, there are only two possibilities. There are two possibilities I really know, anyway. That I'm a product of the world or I'm the source of the world. I'm a human product of the world. I'm a man. Product of the world, right? The source of the world. Now, which am I? Primarily. When one sees this, one sees that it's the origin asking itself. 
tried but Douglas and then of course the, the wonder and the surprise the mystery not knowing not knowing uh, God is a great not knower humans know a lot and know alls they, they, they really gets to know a fantastic amount. You can mastermind, you know, all those questions. Well, mastermind, mastermind. The human being, God. God isn't a mastermind. God says pass to everyone <laughs> questions. God, God is the idiot. God is the universal idiot. God doesn't know. And what doesn't he know? Well, what he doesn't know is how he does it how he achieves himself. And God is bowed over by the splendor and mystery of her own invention, existence, whatever. And that is a great unknowing. To know, was it? Uh, Lao Tzu, in the Tao Te Ching, who says to know is shallow, not to know is profound. Something like that, I think he said, it was quite true. And if I base my knowing, and my knowing must be very provisional and uh, as if kind of knowing, you know, kind of uh, sketchy and inaccurate. If I base my knowing like I know Richard or I know uh, a few things, uh, in my life I suppose I found out a few things in a kind of way, provisional. If I base that knowing on the unknowing, because it's the unknowing where I where I'm coming from, the unknown. I come from the unknown. I'm unknown. My nature is to be unknown and unknowable. And of course, the knowledge that I am beyond knowing is is the knowledge. Is real knowledge is to know that one is unknowable and to come from. I think that's a magic word. And if I go forward in life thinking I know a thing or two, thank you very much. You know, I'm quite a knowledgeable bloke. And uh, go forward with that kind of smirk and self satisfaction. Oh, what an art am I missing? <laughs> what am I missing? Is that the end? Just about, I think so. Just about, yeah.